We thank you, Lord, that your love never, never fails. Glory to God. Thank you for your unfailing love for us. Thank you, Lord, that you've placed on the inside of us the love of God, which is shed abroad in our hearts. Lord, we thank you for utterance today, and we give you glory for it in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. You can be seated. And this morning, I want to talk to you a while on some things that are really important as we enter into this wonderful week. Praise God. Aren't you glad for Jesus that he died on the cross for you and that he was raised from the dead? One man said, in the cross of Christ, I see three things. First, a description of the depth of man's sin. Second, the overwhelming love of God. And thirdly, the only way of salvation. Billy Graham was quoted at saying this, Either sin is with you, lying on your shoulders, or it is lying on Christ, the Lamb of God. Now, if it's lying on your back, you're lost. But if it's resting on Christ, you are free and you will be saved. Now choose what you want. The great apostle Paul said, For I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Amen. Amen. So next Sunday we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. But without the cross, there would be no resurrection. The joy of Easter Sunday would never be without the sorrow of Good Friday. And so the resurrection power came as a result of his giving his life as a ransom for all. I don't know if you're aware of it, but did you know that in 1867, there was an all-night negotiations taking place between the U.S. and Russia. And it was over the state or over the region of Alaska. Finally, early in the morning, the Russians agreed to sell, listen to this, 586,412 square miles of the territory called Alaska to us for the purchase of only $7.2 million. Now, what that equates to is two cents per acre. How would you like to buy some California real estate in the Silicon Valley for two cents an acre? We got one of the most largest, beautiful, resource richest pieces of, of land on planet Earth. And then in 1919, the Boston Red Sox were champions in baseball. And uh, they had a, a, a slugger by the name of Babe Ruth that was unhappy and he wanted to be traded. And so they said, okay, we'll, we'll trade you kind of just to, to move you on. And so they traded him because the New York Yankees were in the cellar. They traded him to the cellar dwellers, the Yankees. And it would be 85 years <clears throat> until the Boston Red Sox would win another world championship. But the New York Yankees won championship after championship after championship. These exchanges were good or bad depending on what end of the table you were at. Oh, but there was a great exchange. The most lopsided exchange that ever took place 
when Jesus came and shed his blood for you and for me and gave his life. And I want to talk to you just for a while this morning about Jesus. And I want to look at some of the wonderful exchanges that have taken place and how that it become a re- can become a reality in your life. The first exchange that we want to take a look at is 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 21. So let's look there. 2 Corinthians, the 5th chapter, and the 21st verse. Hallelujah. For he, that's speaking of God, made him, that's speaking of Jesus, to be made sin for us who knew no sin, that you and I might be made the righteousness of God in him. I want you to notice here that it says that we have been made the righteousness of God in him. We didn't earn it. We didn't make ourselves the righteousness of God. Jesus became sin with our sinfulness that we might be made righteous with his righteousness. So this righteousness is something that we do not attain by our works, by our looks, by our education, or lack thereof. It matters not where you grow up. It matters not what color your skin is. Everyone who calls upon the name of Jesus has received the righteousness of God. And right standing or righteousness with God literally means right standing with Him. And it gives you the awesome privilege, the awesome, awesome benefit of standing in the presence of a holy God as if sin never existed before. Without a sense of guilt, without a sense of condemnation, without a sense of fearfulness or inferiority, this righteousness, this gift, when it is received by you, enables you to stand In the presence of God. Oh, glory to God. The Bible says in Romans 3 and 24, it says that we have been made justified, being justified by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Now notice with me that this justification, this justified, literally means to be righteous in His sight. I like what Charles Capp says, justified means just if you'd never sinned before. But I want you to notice this, being justified freely, freely, by His grace, through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Jesus, our Redeemer, justified you and justified me freely. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And he did it by his grace. Now, go over to Romans, the fifth chapter, and notice with me in verse 17. Romans chapter 5, verse 17. Here's a verse of scripture that is so important and so vital for us to realize, to know and to understand. It says in Romans 5, 17, For if by one man's offense death reigned by one. Of course, the offense that he's talking about is Adam's transgression, right? But as a result of Adam's transgression, death began to rule or to reign. Another way you could say it would be this way, began to dominate. Dominate down through the centuries, down through time. But the Bible says much more. 
Now, God's work in Christ was much greater than Satan's work in Adam. Amen. Much more. How much more? Much, much more. Everyone say much, much more. Now, notice this. Much more, they which receive abundance of grace. We've been justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Those who receive abundance of grace and what? And what? The gift of righteousness. Notice it does not say those who earn the gift. There is no earning this gift. This gift is freely given. And this gift, in order for it to be activated in my life and in your life, must be received. Amen? Amen? Someone could bring a gift over to your house this afternoon and place it on your dinner table and say, I want you to open it tonight after I'm gone. And they leave and a week later come back for dinner and that gift's still there unopened. Well, could we say that the person didn't really receive the gift? The gift was there. The gift was available. But what did they need to do? They need to open it up. And what do we need to do in Christ Jesus? We need to open up our hearts and receive that free gift of righteousness that he has made so readily available to all of us. Now notice this. Receiving the abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness qualifies you and I for something. What does it qualify us for? Well, it qualifies you and I to reign. Just as sin reigned, righteousness begins to reign in the believer that is in Christ Jesus. Oh, glory to God. Notice this. Much more they which receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will begin to what? We could say it this way, will begin to dominate... Or have dominion in life. Those that are in right standing with God. Who have received this free gift of righteousness. Should not be dominated. We should be dominating. Life should not be reigning on us. We should be reigning in life. Hallelujah. If you could just see in the spirit. You'd see a. A king's. Crown. On your neighbor. Look at your neighbor and say, hello, king. Yeah, but she's a female. Hey, don't get hung up with that. You're all one in Christ Jesus. There's neither male nor female. Circumcision or uncircumcision. We are all children of the king. What do you say? Before the trumpet sounds, we truly begin to reign in life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, this would not be possible if we didn't receive. This free gift of righteousness can lie dormant in my heart and can lie dormant in your heart unless you open your spirit to this free gift. Now, here's what can happen when you do. Look with me at 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And I want you to notice verse 54. We're talking about the great exchange. 
Jesus was made in the likeness of men so you and I could be made in the likeness of God. He became what we were so that we could become as he is. Somebody says, prove that in the word. Okay, First John says, as he is, so are we in this world. Amen. Now notice this. In 1 Corinthians 15 and in verse 34, I quoted it right in the first service and quoted it wrong in the second. Look at verse 34. Look at your neighbor and say, that pastor's missing it today. <laughs> well, glory to God. Look at verse 34. This is a great verse of scripture. See, when you receive this gift, we could say it this way, there comes an awakening. There, there, there comes something that perhaps you weren't aware of before, but now because this gift is working in you, all of a sudden the lights go on and you wake up. Yeah, amen. Awake. The Spirit of the Lord is saying to us this morning, sons, daughters, awake to what? Awake to righteousness. In other words, let this free gift of righteousness begin to enlighten you and to flood your life to the point where it overtakes your thinking, where it overtakes your action, to where you walk in life as the righteousness of God, and you know that you know that you know no weapon formed against you can prosper. Now notice this. Awake to righteousness. Now one of the byproducts that awakening to this right standing God is, It will put you in a position to no longer yield to the sin that you've yielded to in the past. Folks that have stumbled over the same thing over and over and over again are not alert to their right standing with God. For if they were alert to their right standing with God, they'd be put themselves in a resistance mode and said, Devil, you cannot tempt me with that. I'm the righteousness of God and I refuse to yield to you anymore. Everyone say, Wake up. Awake. Awake to righteousness. For some do not have the knowledge of God. People can be destroyed for a lack of knowledge. The scripture says where there are no redemptive revelations, the people perish. In other words, where there is no redemptive reality of who you are and what you have in Christ and what he's done for you in this righteousness, it will cause you to perish. But say it may no perishing here, only prospering for me and my family. I'm on alert and I'm fully awake to this fact. Say it with me, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So let's work with this a little bit more. Just keep the scriptures up there till I move on. Because there's so much in the word. There's so much revelation in the word of God. He says, awake to righteousness 
and sin not. Now bear that in mind. Now go quickly over to Romans, the sixth chapter, and let's look at verse 14. Thank you, Lord. Romans 6, verse 14. No more down days for me. No more depressed days for me. I've been placed into right standing with God. Those that are in right standing with God will experience the presence of God because they're not afraid to draw near to the throne of God. That came right out of my spirit. Those that are in right standing with God will experience the presence of God because they're not afraid to approach the throne of God. What is it that holds people back from drawing near to Him? It's sin consciousness. It's this old religious sin tags that we place upon ourselves through wrong thinking and wrong believing and wrong speaking. Sin tags like this, and perhaps you've heard it before, and I'm not putting people down. Because, you know, unless the Lord turned the lights on for us, we'd be there too. Amen? But thank God the entrance of His Word has brought light to us. But sin tags like this. Well, you know, after all, we're just all old sinners. Now, if you're born again, you're not an old sinner. If you're born again, you're a new creation. Is that right? And it says, old things have passed away. Come on, somebody. This old sinner mentality, well, we just all have to yield to sin every once in a while. (laughs) No, that old sin consciousness has passed away and it's been overtaken by the new creation that you and I are right now. Hallelujah. Old things are passed away. For you are dead and your life is hid with Christ in God. Can a pastor just get a little excited here at 12.04 on April 9th? Hallelujah. You help me so much, I might just do go into a kick-legging mode here pretty soon. <laughs> well, you know, we're just all old sinners. Saved by grace. Now, here's the, here's the truth of the matter. We were old sinners. We got saved by what? By grace. But now, we're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. See, and unless that kind of thinking dawns on you, the devil will try to drag you into your past. Even though the old things have passed away, the devil tries to bring your thought life back to the past. Remember what you did? Remember where you were? Remember what you said? See, the devil is a historian. But no man that is fit for the kingdom of God looks back. But he just keeps moving forward, putting his hand to the plow, declaring what God's word says about him or her. Jerry Savelle said this, when the devil reminds you of your past, simply remind him of his past and let him know that his future doesn't look so bright either. 
show you past recordings of how you used to be, videos, DVDs. He's probably even got digital now, who knows? But he can't touch our Heavenly Father. Digital is nothing to him. But if you can get your, your mind captive, thinking wrong, and if he can get you to remain silent instead of vocalizing who you are and what you have, he'll say, well, let's play it again. Let's look at it again. No, you need to shut the devil down. Somebody says, yeah, but Jesus already shut him down. I know he shut him down, but he gave you and I the authority to keep him down. Come on, somebody. I said he gave you and me the authority to keep him down and to keep him under our feet. Everyone look down. That's where the devil is right there. Under my feet. Glory to God. How many of you are believing with me this morning? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Thank you. Just got it. Thank you, Master. Thank you, Lord. Don't allow the enemy to keep you or to hold you captive from thoughts of yesterday. But lean on me and rely on the new man and feed your inner man my word every day. Open your mouth and begin to say what I have said and it shall revolutionize and change your life and it will enable you to see the way that I see. So open your ears and hear from me, says the Lord, on a daily basis, and it will shut the enemy down, and it will put him on the run. For I've said in my word, if you will resist him, he will flee from you. Amen. Now the scripture I was thinking about was this. For the weapons of our warfare, they're not carnal. But they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strong holds. Thinking about the past, thinking about those things can only bring guilt and condemnation into your life. But oh, casting down imaginations. Hallelujah. And every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God's word and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. The enemy would like to hold you captive, but you have the authority to bring every th- thought into captivity. Now, let's go over to Romans 6. I'm ready to go over there. Everyone say, awake, awake. To, righteousness to righteousness and sin not. We don't have to sin. We don't have to yield what we've yielded to in the past. Now notice this. It says, for sin shall not have what? It shall not have the reign or the dominion over you. For you are not under the law. Now, what reigned in your life before the law? Before the law, it was a sin consciousness that reigned. There was no one that could keep the law except Jesus Christ. 
he fulfilled the law. Come on, somebody. And then he came along and redeemed us from the curse of the law. And they ushered in a dispensation of grace. Being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Now, sin has no dominion over you because even though we were once under the law, we have been redeemed from the curse of the law and now we are under the grace of God. Come on, somebody. And listen to this. Receiving the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness can shut sin down in your life. For sin shall not have dominion over you. You shall have dominion over sin because you, as those that are in right standing with God, are reigning in life. A portion of this reigning in life is reigning over sin. But that's not all. Look at your neighbor and say, that's not all. I like what Brenda said in her advertisement about the ladies' luncheon. But there's more. And there is much, much more. There is much, much more than our Redeemer bought and paid for on Calvary's cross. There is much, much more that He bought and paid for by shedding His blood. F.F. Bosworth said it this way. Jesus Christ went to the cross, spirit, soul, and body, to redeem mankind, spirit, soul, and body. I submit to you today, on the same day, in the same body, in the same master, Jesus Christ our Lord, He not only bore your sin, He bore your disease, He bore your torment, He bore your poverty, He bore it all for you and for me. Now here's what we can say boldly. Sin... Sickness, poverty, and unsound mind has no dominion over me. For I have received abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness. And now I'm reigning over it. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Woo, thank you. My, my, my. Think about it for a moment. Think about the fact that in an unstable world, you can have stability. I mean, you, you, you wake up on a Sunday morning and you open up your iPad or you open up your newspaper or you turn the television on and you see more bombings. In Egypt, yesterday, 35 people killed in Christian churches. Al-Qaeda is claiming that they're the ones that were behind it. Put bombs underneath the pews. That's the devil. It's an unstable world. This world is rocking and reeling back and forth and up and down. You think about what's happening in America. Something new pops up on the screen every day. It's an unstable world. Now listen, for the world. But you and I, 
though we're living in this world, come on somebody, we are not of this world. We are from another world living in this world with another world's dominion over this world, this world system. Glory to God. Say with me, I'm from another world living in this world, reigning and ruling over this world system. Now, whether or not you will experience stable times in your individual life or unstable times in your individual life is really up to what kind of choices you make. You can make the choice in the midst of an unstable world that you're going to operate in wisdom, that you're going to operate in knowledge, and wisdom and knowledge are going to be the stability of your times. Say it with me, the times in which I live, as for me and my house, though the flood may arise, and though the wind may blow, I find my house and build it upon the rock and nothing is going to be able to shake it or shake me. Come on, say it because Jesus, he's my rock. Where do I go? If I could sing, I'd sing it. I go to the rock that's higher than I. Don't you know that he's higher than you? He's got a higher way. He's got a better way for you and for me. As a matter of fact, he said, I am the way. Hallelujah. I will not excuse myself for shouting and running. If I had a mule, I'd say, just hold my mule. I got to shout a while. Amen. Now, unstable times or stable times? Now listen to this. An unsound mind or a sound mind? An unsound mind will waver and teeter and totter at everything that comes down the road. An unsound mind will yield to the most unrealistic anxieties and fears. How many of you know that, I like what Joyce Meyer says. Remember what she said about fear? She said, fear is what? Say it again, Cheryl. Fear is what? False evidence appearing real. So fear is false evidence. And it really appears real, doesn't it? But it's false. Why? Because it's based on a lie. And Satan is the father of what? Of lies. So for every lie that he brings about your finances, about your body, about your children, about your government, about anything and everything, every lie that he brings, on the other end of that lie is the truth. You're sick, I'm healed. You're poor, I'm rich. You're going down the drain, he's raised me up. 
You're defeated. I'm more than a conqueror. You're lesser than the less. Greater is he that is in me than he that's in the world. <laughs> For every binding lie that he has, Jesus has a truth that liberates you and sets you free. To experience ongoing liberation and ongoing freedom, there must be a continuation in those things that you've heard in yesterday, in yesteryear, and for some of you in decades past. For I would remind you that there's power in staying with it. For if you continue, Jesus said, in my word, then are you my disciples indeed. And what are you going to know? Somebody help the preacher. And you shall know the truth. And the truth shall do what? Living by having known the truth will not keep you free. But it's continuing and staying with the truth and declaring the truth that will keep you free and set you on a path of victory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Say it with me. Set me on a path of victory. Victory is mine. Victory is yours. Aren't you glad you're on the victory side? Hallelujah. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm on the victory side. I'm on the victory side. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We're on the victory side. Hallelujah. He triumphed over death, hell, and the grave. We are on the victory side. Now let's go back to this thought as we kind of tie up some loose ends. How many of you are believing with me today? Unsound mind versus a sound mind. Now I can testify to you today that once I had a very unsound mind. But when I came to Jesus and renewed my mind with the Word and stayed with the Word and hid it in my heart, I now have a sound mind. But you see, a sound mind is something that has been bought and paid for you as much as freedom from sin has been bought and paid for you. Now, you all know this verse of Scripture. 2 Timothy 1, 7 says, For God's not given us a spirit of what? But a what? Power and love. And what kind of a mind? Just as He was rejected so that you could be accepted in the Beloved, just as He was grief-stricken so that you could be free, so... The chastisement, the punishment of our peace was upon him. I submit to you that Jesus bore your anxiety. That he took all fear upon himself. But not only that, he took all shame. The great exchange includes... Him taking our shame and us receiving His glory. The great exchange includes Him being rejected of men so that you might be accepted in the Beloved. But it also includes 
a sound mind. Now, if we're going to walk in a sound mind in unstable times and have stability in our soul, we are, must of a necessity be doers of what we're hearing today. We must make the choice and decide, you know what? I know fear is coming. And, and I know anxiety is coming. Come on. But I'm not going to yield to that. In other words, I am going to make a refusal of those things priority in my life. I refuse to worry. I refuse to be anxious. And instead of, instead of accepting that, I'm choosing peace. And I said this in the early service, and I'll say it here again today. It's just as easy for you to yield to the spirit of faith as it is to the spirit of fear. It's just a matter of training. It's just a matter of schooling yourself and instructing yourself in the school of the Holy Spirit, enlisting His help to alert you when fear comes, you come over here and say, no, I refuse to fear. I have a sound mind. I'm choosing life over here. I'm choosing life. See, what I've done in my life is I've made the decision a while back to cast all my cares on Him. How many of you have done that with me? Here's what the Bible says. Casting some of your cares. Casting all your cares upon Him. Why? If we just knew how much He cares for us, we wouldn't worry another day, another moment in our life. Well, somebody says, well, Pastor Mark, you know what? I, I, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll give my cares to the Lord once that test subsides and once that circumstance passes. No. As soon as you get victory over that area or that subsides, there's going to be another one. So you might as well make the decision, hey... I'm going to live over here on the carefree street. I'm going to live over here on anxiety-free avenue. I refuse to fear. I'm shutting the door. Hallelujah. Be careful for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And here's what's going to happen. And the peace of God. Everyone say, and the peace of God. It says this, that passes all understanding shall keep your heart and will keep your mind in and through Christ Jesus. He made a way. The middle wall of partition has come down. The veil has been torn into. And the glory that was in the Holy of Holies is now in you. He truly is the glory and the lifter of your head. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Praise Him. Let's lift our hands and praise Him for a moment. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now say this with me. I cast all my care, all my anxieties 
over on you for you care for me and about me grateful grateful thank you lord in jesus name now here's the here's the long and short of the whole story you're a chosen generation you're a royal priesthood you're a holy nation that you should show forth the praises of God who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. You know what being chosen means? Chosen by God simply means this, that you have been completely accepted. <laughs> I mean, if we could see on our spiritual chest, we could see purchased by the blood, totally accepted. Hallelujah. So, if we've been totally accepted by Him, and we have been, then we must stop trying to be accepted and to be accepted of man. Here's what I wrote in my notes. Stop trying to be accepted and receive your acceptance. And in closing, turn with me to Revelation 12, verse 1. You know, this is just the tip of the iceberg, and I realized that... uh, it is time to close. But I do know and I understand this, that these truths, that if they'll get into you and you'll meditate upon them and give yourself wholly to them, it'll change your life completely. Yeah. Now notice this in Revelation twelve eleven, Just 10 verses up, twelve eleven. Thank you. Let's read it together. It says, And they overcame him... By the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. Let's stop right there. Notice with me, they overcame him. That means we rule and reign over the devil. Now notice, it's by the blood of the Lamb being justified freely by his blood. And by what? Did you know it's possible to have overcome by the blood of the Lamb positionally and still not receive it? Here's what we must do. We must add our testimony to what He has already done. That word, word there, means rhema. Everyone say rhema. Rhema. And rhema is the spoken word. It is an utterance given by the Holy Spirit that when it is spoken out of our mouth carries great creative power or great creative dominion. And so, overcomers, the blood has been shed. This is what he has said. That if you will accept it and receive it, And add your testimony to it. Oh, hallelujah. It'll put the devil on the run. It'll cause victory to come. And you will reign in life as a king through Jesus Christ. Stand up, everybody. That's good. Glory to God. Thank you, Master. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. How many of you ever sat in a movie before for two and a half hours? Well, you've been in church an hour and a half. Some of you about an hour. Now keep coming. Don't stay away just because I said that. 
<laughs> but, but I say that to say this, that Jesus is doing more than Hollywood. Amen? I mean, that altar call for anemia in and of itself, you've been set free from that. Hallelujah. And coming into the presence of God and sensing his presence is well worth your time. It is an investment into your spirit and it is a deposit that shall never be taken away from you as you guard it and heed it and cultivate it. The word of the Lord will grow exceedingly. Amen.